The Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken, alongside my good friend and co-host of this podcast, sports director at KORN Radio in Mitchell, South Dakota, Travis Krenz. Travis, how are we doing? Pretty good. Not as good as last week. Not as good. good. Not as good as last week. Explain. Uh, my vehicle is in the shop. Uh oh. Hopefully, hopefully, it's not a bad thing. It's not a expensive thing. But uh, that's probably the only inconvenience I've got. I was driving, and it just stopped. Uh oh. So hopefully, it's a it's a fuel pump issue. Oh. Yeah, that would go, and then it would stop. Like okay. I would stop, put it in the park, shut it off, turn it back on, it run. And I would do that approximately 10 times to get across town. Ugh. So, and then on, I think it was Wednesday morning, no, Tuesday morning, uh, I started it, it wouldn't start, it finally did. I got about a block up the road, and it just would not start again. So, hopefully the issue is fuel-related, uh, we will see. Yeah, I've dealt with fuel pumps and they are no fun, so hopefully it is something no worse than that. Uh, this is on the uh, Dodge Durango, right? Yes. And how old is that vehicle? Hey, you've had that for a while now, right? Yeah, it's a 2003, so it's going up on 10 years here. Or 20 years. I've had it since 2011. Okay. So I've had it for just over 10, 12 years. So plan to have it for... For a while yet, so it ain't going anymore. Well, fing- fingers crossed. It, it's just a fuel pump here. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you're weak. Even with that, it's probably going better than Eagles fans, so that's that's fine. Uh, we have uh, we had a storm blow through the area yesterday. A blizzard conditions up along the I-29 corridor and a little bit into western Minnesota. We had, uh, you had some snow, it sounds like. We just had rain in St. Cloud, but it was quite the weather phenomenon. It was really windy. And we only had a couple inches of snow, but at times you couldn't see really much of anything if you were out in the country. I was not out in the country, so that was good. But, yeah, kind of whiteout conditions for a while. Clear late last night, so um, a little bit of snow, but looks like we're clear for the next, probably weekend into March, so we're getting... Towards the end of it, we had some nice weather there for about a week and a half, 35, 30, 35, 40 degrees some days. So. Yes, yep, it was, it was been, it's been warm. Um, we melted a lot of the snow. Not all of it, we melted, melted uh, probably over half. Yep, I would, I would agree. We had a lot of snow get melted. It does sound like there's the potential for a storm next week, so we will have to uh, wait and see what happens there. But lots to get to here this week, and so let's just get right to it. The Super Bowl is over. The NFL season is done. It's complete. And the Kansas City Chiefs are your Super Bowl 57 champions. I am so glad that I got that game wrong. Um, It had the makings of a potential Eagles route early on in the second quarter, but the Chiefs uh, get a defensive touchdown. They make adjustments at the half. Patrick Mahomes was fantastic in the third, uh, in the second half. Only had one incomplete pass, and that was on a deep pass to Marquez Valdez Scantling, and he probably should have made the catch if he turns the right way. But overall, it was a fairly exciting Super Bowl. I know people are pissed off about the ending, but overall, 
I'm very, very happy that the Chiefs won and that Eagles fans can sulk in misery. A good game run by a penalty. That's, that's where, that's where. It's a penalty. It is a penalty. How many... How many penalties were called on the secondary in this game? Well, there was for sure one pass interference penalty that did not get called. I would guess it was the only penalty that got called by the yeah. secondary. Just got to be consistent. Yeah. I, they they I, did not call... They just didn't call any penalties in this game. I'm trying to look up here what... Uh, like Chiefs had three penalties. Eagles had like six, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the three on the Chiefs were all like pre-snap. So it was like a false start offside, something like that. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs didn't hold the entire game, which is incredible. They didn't uh, have any penalties during the play of game, which is extraordinary. Uh, like AJ Brown had that long touchdown, it kind of shoved off. Yep. But they didn't call it. I'm like, all right, don't call that. It didn't affect the outcome of the play. There was a there was a play earlier in the game where Kansas City, I think it was Juju Smith Schuster, got turned around. It should have been called pass interference, but was not. Yeah, that was way worse than what happened. Yep. So. Yeah, I didn't like it. They weren't consistent. It was, you know, a foul or penalty in the first quarter should be called the same in the fourth quarter, and it was not. But when James Bradbury... We could look at a whole lot more obvious holding calls than what happened at the end that were not called. So if you're not going to call those, you can't call that. I And the the pass was so overthrown that it didn't affect the outcome of the play, so it's... Yeah, it was like, oh, they, another penalty with two minutes to go, and, well, that's that the game. Well, I agree. I would like the consistency there. James Bradbury himself said, I tugged at the jersey, and if you see it, he tugs it not once but twice. So he's, he knows that he committed that penalty, and he said, I was hoping they wouldn't catch it, or they wouldn't, they wouldn't call it. So he admitted that he... Uh, that he held Juju Smith-Schuster. So why shouldn't that be... I mean, I get that you want consistency, but that is a penalty. You have to call it if you see it, and it is a penalty. Yeah, I mean, he held him, no doubt about that. But it's like, it if that's the only call on the secondary of the entire game, then that's a bad call. It's like, that was the last one. Like, that's, that's the penalty we're going to call? Yeah, I... I get it with the consistency, but it is a penalty that needs to be called if you see it. So, and I would say if you're gonna, if you're not gonna call that in the entire game, then I would say the defensive backs are probably going to assume, okay, I've been doing this Mm -hmm. during the game; it hasn't been called yet, so why would it be called now? So yeah, it was a good game. That yeah, just that's what. It's what I'm going to remember it for. So, like, if you wanted the Chiefs to win, it was fine. If you wanted the Eagles to win, it was a bad call. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for that to be the only call on the secondary of either team the entire game, I got a problem with that because that was not the most uh, egregious thing I saw all night. I saw things work from that that weren't called. And, you know, Greg Olson kind of said, eh, maybe let that go. So, but it was a it was a good ending to a season which yeah. officials were terrible. 
obviously, as, as Roger Goodell said, they've never been better than they've been now. That is, is such a load of crap. <laughs> yeah. And I don't got to see football again until September, so I'm happy about that. Wait, you aren't going to watch the XFL or the USFL? <sighs> maybe the XFL. USFL, no. XFL, maybe. There's one thing I want to do after a long football season is continue to have football, uh, bad football on TV. With yeah, team. Ex- we've, we've got to stop doing this, you know, second-rate football crap. We've got to stop. Yeah. Like Once this run is over with, quit doing it. You can try it, see if something happens, but enough of it. Enough. It's like minor league football. It's essentially what it is. I'm going to take two big things away from this game. Uh, well, two of many things, but two that stick out. One... And this is stuff that the NFL absolutely has to address in the offseason. One, the field was absolute trash. How do you... Oh, we're unveiling this new turf for the biggest game of the year? And it's... uh, Guys are slipping left and right. Part of it was the paint. Um, But it's it's just awful. Like, how... How can you look at it and say, yeah, this is great. Stop on like stop inventing new crap. Just get regular grass. Uh, so it was just awful. Uh, the NFL has to address that. And then they also have to address the pushing of the quarterback for a quarterback sneak. It's such a competitive disadvantage to the defense. It's ridiculous. Kevin Burkhart was like, oh, you know, Jalen Hurts, 33 quarterback sneaks or first downs on 37 quarterback sneaks. It's incredible. And if you look at it, when you have A.J. Brown pushing you ahead for a first down, it's like, how much is this? of this is Jalen Hurts? And how much of it is this loophole that the Eagles are exposing? So the NFL has to address that. It, it's stupid. You, you can't. You can't have guys push for it. I get it if you're in the middle of a scrum, but not right off of a sneak. Nope, you can't do it. Solution, the first problem is to have turf. Yep. Don't have grass, have turf everywhere. Yep. Oh, but wait, uh, the players say that turf is worse than grass. Those players are stupid. <laughs> That's why Kyler Murray shredded his knee on the same field. Mm-hmm. Like, no. No, it sucks. Uh, the second thing is I'm very, like the Eagle, like nobody else can do this. Nobody else does this. Like the Eagles do it. Mm-hmm. And obviously their offensive line is very good. Yep. And they, they're they pretty much unstoppable when they do this third and one, fourth and one thing. Like why can't other teams do this? You see them do it, like, oh, it's a first down. Like nobody else can perfect the quarterback sneak like they have been able to do. So I would not get rid of it because other teams can't figure it out. Or they'll, or they'll pass on a one-yard-to-go situation. Or or they'll hand it off five yards behind the line, which is always something that yep. we love. Yep. How about this? You line the quarterbacks right up behind the center's ass. You get three guys behind them, and you fucking push for three feet, and you pick up a first down. Again, the stuff isn't hard. The stuff isn't difficult. They try and make it hard and difficult. This is about as simple as it gets, so I like it. I like that they've exploited it. It's like, yeah, we can go for it on fourth down. Fourth and one, fourth and two, we can do it pretty much all day long and we'll convert probably 70% of the time. Listen, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to it from the offense. I, it's a competitive disadvantage for the defense, though. I mean, you have no chance of stopping it. it can, it's difficult. You can. It, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's not like it's 100%. 
it's they, they've stopped it before. Pretty and darn they, close, they, though. It, it's very difficult. To, uh, I mean, the offense has a big advantage. Like, what does the defense why, have? Why, what does the defense have to be able to stop that, though? They, they don't have why, anything. Why don't more teams do this, though? I don't know. Like, I, I like the Eagles are the only team that I'm aware of that does this formation. Like the pretty, Vikings don't do it. Nobody else does it. I'm pretty they sure I saw off. a couple other teams do it, but I can't recall right offhand who they were when it when it happened. But you're, I mean, the Eagles are by far and away the team that does it the most. Yeah, it's like if do this, then do yeah. it. If it's easy, do it. So I don't know why teams don't. Like, all right, here's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. What this? The success rate is very high. So, yeah, that and the turf, it's, it was ridiculous. It's like, really? And for all the predictions of, you know, the defensive line, the Eagles' defense was pretty awful, especially in the second half. Mm-hmm. And they didn't sack Mahomes once. And it just goes back to, you know, you watch all the shows, and all this is, I like this, and I think this is going to happen. It's like, no. We're all just guessing, and most of the time we're wrong. Nate Burleson had the score exactly right, thirty-eight, thirty-five, and he like he was pinpointing stuff down like crazy. So Nate Burleson is a a prophet. Show us. Um, so this game starts out, you know, the, the Eagles drive down and score. They convert multiple third down, you know, a couple third downs, fourth downs, whatever. Hurts. Uh, he had three rushing touchdowns in this game. Most ever, uh, it, it, most ever by a quarterback, but ties him for the most rushing touchdowns by a single player in a game with Terrell Davis. Uh, the Chiefs come right back down and score very quickly, and then the Eagles have to go three and out with the punt, aided in large part by the fact that they got called for a whole uh, pass interference penalty against um, on a, a quick little outlet pass on first down, so that pushed them back and they couldn't recover. Chiefs miss a field goal on the subsequent drive, and people are oh, like, should you have gone for it? Instead, like, no, kick the field goal. Harrison Bucker's fine. You get the lead. It, it's fine. The Chiefs are not a good short yardage team. Eagles go down, score a touchdown. It's 14-7. It's like, uh-oh, this could get bad. And then the Chiefs have to go three and out right away. And this is where I thought the momentum in the game shifted was on the third and one when the Eagles had a false start. And it pushed the Eagles back five yards. And then Hertz fumbled it. And Nick Bolton picks it up and runs it back for a touchdown to tie the game up at 14. Because it seemed like the Eagles could do no... Like, the Chiefs had no answer for the Eagles' offense. And I think if they get that first down there, if they, maybe if there's not that false start, the Eagles go up by at least 10 points, maybe 14. And the Chiefs are not going to be able to recover. Their defense just isn't going to get the stop. So... That play, that sequence right there, when the the delay or the false start, and then the fumble by Hertz, return for a touchdown by Nick Bolton, huge turn, a huge swing in momentum. Because even though the Eagles are up 24-14 at half, it's like you know the the Chiefs still get the ball first right away in the third quarter. It could have been so much worse had it not been for that Hertz fumble. I feel like the only way the Chiefs like won the game or could compete in the game is if they would get a turnover, if they would get a defensive touchdown. They got a big punt return at the end of the game. Yep. Like this, this straight up, like the Eagles are better just one on one, and if you don't turn it over, you're not going to lose. Mm-hmm. But they made the biggest mistake of the game, 
Yeah, and Hurts just fumbled the ball. It's not like they stripped him or like he just lost it. So that was difficult to swallow. And it's like, well, no, no, nobody touched it. He just lost it. Nobody stripped him. It was just he dropped the ball. And then you see Mahomes go down at the end of the first half, and it's like, oh, no, is he going to even be able to come back and play? Like, how effective is he going to be? Is this going to be Chad Henney's show in the second half? And Mahomes comes out in the second half, leads the Chiefs down for a touchdown right away. And the whole second half, he was absolutely brilliant. That huge run, that scramble at the end of the game on that, uh, was it first down or whatever, he, he was just absolutely on fire in the second half. But I don't think he should have won MVP. I don't think you deserve an MVP award if you throw for under 200 yards. Yes, you have three touchdowns in a big run. I would have given it to Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton should have won it. He, he should have had two defensive touchdowns um, if the NFL could figure out what a catch is. I mean, Miles Sanders is like a half a step. Oh, that's You did? Were you cheering for the Chiefs or the Eagles? The Chiefs. The Chiefs? Mm-hmm. Even though we were cheering for Eagles a little bit at one point. Because <laughs> you wanted to be contradictory. Um, but, no, I, like, I, like, seriously, Miles Sanders is a half step below, or, like, away from fumbling that football, and Nick Bolton would have had two fumble recoveries for a touchdown. That, he would have been... Easily the MVP of the game if he gets that second defensive touchdown. But I would have even given it to him anyway. He was all over the field, and he, again, like I said, had that arguably the, the momentum swinger in the first half. Yeah, like we, we look at the game. What Mahomes have it after him, like 80 yards, something like that? Yeah, it wasn't much. I mean, but the, the Chiefs were on the field for eight minutes in the oh. first half. It was incredible the, the ball control that the Eagles had. And he finished up 21 and 27 for 182, so he only threw for like 100 yards in the second half, and he wins MVP. And for whatever reason, their, their offense was better in the second half. They ran the ball more. This is a team that just doesn't even try to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll be in games. A lot of both their games are close. And you'll see, oh, yeah, they, they, they ran the ball 12 times. They won by six. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Pacheco had 15 carries for 76 yards, and they finally ran the ball. Yes. Finally tried to run it, and they could. I don't know why they don't do that more, but if you got Mahomes, like, well, we'll just have him throw it 40 times and, and see if that works. So that was better. Uh, Travis Kelsey didn't do much outside of the first quarter. Made a big first quarter. Mm-hmm. Again, another one where he's just running open. There's nobody on him. There's nobody covering him. He is just open. And then you've got people saying, oh, how do you cover him? Well, first you have to try. That's number one. You have to at least try to attempt to. Part of it, though, is Andy Reid and his schemes. Like he, he, he did, but They just didn't go with him. Right. 
Justin Jefferson, cover him. I know he's very good, but if you cover him, you can probably stop him. You just have to try. So, like, put a body near him. So if he catches it, you might be close enough to tackle him right away so he doesn't run another 20 yards. It's just like, what? what is this player doing? Again, I would love to ask a defensive coach, okay, this guy is lined up against this receiver. He doesn't go with him. He just stops. He stands there and he stops. What is his responsibility? Why is he covering this space? Obviously, this is not good because his receiver that he was supposed to be on continues to run and nobody picks him up. So a blown coverage, whatever you want to call it. Well, like, yeah. Stick. If you're going to be on a guy, stick on a guy. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to let him go, you better be pretty certain that somebody behind you is going to pick him up. Because I rarely see somebody let somebody go. And then there's a linebacker or a safety. Well, I got that's fine. Let him go. I'm back here. I got him. I got him covered now. Like that never happens. Because once you let a guy go, boom, he's lost and he's gone. So there, there's not any self awareness of, well, this guy's coming my way, so I better get ready to pick him up. That just doesn't happen. So on the play that Andrew Wiley, I believe, was eligible for, they called it like the, the their Pokemon player, Pikachu Go or whatever it was, they noticed on the motion that the Eagles were kind of passing it off. They were playing in the zone. So on the very next play then... Oh, it was a zone defense, which I love so much. Yeah, but on the very next play, Kadarius Tony, he's going in motion... And they so because they recognized that that they weren't that the Eagles weren't going with them, and so he makes he's going in like he's going across the field in motion, and then he immediately darts back right, and he's wide open. But that's because of the play before they recognized that the Eagles were passing off that coverage, and it's just great. And then they did it again with um, with Sky Moore on the on the. Touchdown to put him up 35-27. It just was on the opposite side. It was absolutely incredible. Like, that's such a failure by the Eagles' defense to not, like, figure that out. In that it, the exact same area of the field on the exact same down, just on the opposite side. It just, it blows my mind how that, oh, and because we uh, suck defensively, now our, now our defensive coordinator gets a head coaching job. I don't know exactly the correlation of that but um whatever because uh, jonathan gannon is now the head coach of the arizona cardinals good luck to him because that's a, a shitty job to have well and i heard that well i can't we had a great with the best defense all year long yeah like, well they were not good in the super bowl well, yeah they weren't like how does he get a job i don't know because they, they had more sacks than anybody and they yeah. had Best defense, second best defense all year. But how much? Like it's kind of like with Shane Steichen getting the uh, the the head coaching job with Indianapolis. Yes, he he calls the plays, but you know, the, like Nick Sirianni is overall the CEO. But how much of that was the great offense that the Eagles had? Like Jalen Hurts, and you got Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. The running game was incredible. Their offensive line was the best in football. Like how much of that are, are the players? And how much of that is truly the offensive coordinator? And that's just, it's a guess, it, it, it's a guessing game. And maybe and this Shane Steichen uh, will work out. But, I don't know, I feel like there were other coordinators. And, and he did fine, and I'm not trying to say, like, Jonathan Gannon had a very good year. Not not trying to discredit him at all. And it's just, it's one bad game. But I find it also funny that the Eagles hired Vic Fangio for two weeks. 
to lead up to the Super Bowl to try and prepare to stop Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because Vic Fangio had success doing that when he was the head coach in Denver. And they got so much worse than they had at any point this season. It's apart from maybe week one against Detroit. I It just, it, like, what were they paying him for? Like, why, why wouldn't Jonathan Gannon keep doing what he's been doing with his team? Like, that's a huge miscalculation on their part. You got to just cover guys. Yeah. The Chiefs are not unbeatable. They're not the greatest offense ever. If you just cover guys, you can stop anything. It's just, again, is it this hard? No, it's not this hard. You're just wasting time. You may as well be playing with nine guys. If you're not going to cover guys and just stand there, like what's the point of having 11? Right. Like take, take these two guys off the field because they're just taking up space. We're not doing anything. And so. good on good on the Chiefs' offensive line for not allowing a sack the entire game. I mean, that's and incredible I, against that I mean, Eagles front that had 70 sacks coming into the game on the season. Yeah, that was that was unexpected. And the Vikings, I mean, they hired a guy last year who did call the plays for the Rams, and he was mm-hmm. Like, it, it happens, it's good. It's case-by-case basis. Yep. If you call the plays, if you don't call the plays... So. Yep, I mean we saw it with Zach Taylor as, as well. So I'm not I'm not trying to discredit Shane Steichen or Jonathan well, Gannon. You know, if you are, if your team that goes to the Super Bowl, your coordinators are going to go go but, somewhere and probably get uh, head coaching jobs. But both both coordinators getting poached for head coaching vacancies hasn't happened since 1994. Like, you would think it would happen more. There have been instances where both the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator leave, but not necessarily for head coaching positions. It is uh-huh. it is it is rare. I think 2016 was the last time when uh, Kyle Shanahan became head coach of the 49ers after his uh, stint with the Falcons, and that was the whole 28-3 debacle. But then uh, the defensive coordinator left. I don't know if he retired or something, but he didn't get a head coaching position uh-huh. at all. And speaking of 28-3, to when you have a double-digit lead at, at the half in, in a Super Bowl, you should be able to hang on to those wins. I think it's uh, the, the Falcons, maybe the, the, the Colts have a double-digit lead against the Saints in that Super Bowl. And then, you know, we've seen now the Chiefs come back from double-digit deficits in you know, two of the last three Super Bowls and come out victorious. And part of that is Andy Reid said was the longer halftime. It allowed them to make the necessary adjustments and talk to the players about, hey, just, you know, stay loose. Patrick Mahomes kind of lit into the team. Travis Kelsey lit into the team. Chris Jones was beside himself during the first half trying to get the defense to to play up to their level or to their standard. But that long halftime certainly benefited the Chiefs more than it did the Eagles. Like a 10 or 14 point deficit for the Chiefs is like a three point deficit for everybody else. Right. Like they, they, they do it so awesome that they're down 10. It's like, well, yeah, this just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It, this is from when they blew out San Francisco like in October. Yep. So they've got at least this game. Is a, this game was a double digit comeback. I don't know if they had any others between then. So let's count this game and, and no others. Mahomes is 14-9 and nine in games, I guess, in which he trailed by double digits. And that is 
You know who's number two on the list, stacking for best record? Hmm. Steve. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow? Really? Tim Tebow is five and six all time, trailing by double digits. That's a 45% winning percentage. Second all time. Tom Brady wins 37% of the games when he trailed by 10. Joe Montana was 17 and 29. 37%. Wow. wow. They do it so often that they can. It's unprecedented. Teams, mm-hmm. Once you're down 10, you should lose that game probably 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. They win it 60% of the time. Yeah. The Chiefs had a lead in every game this year in the fourth quarter. No kidding. That's, that's rarely happened. Every mm-hmm. game this year, they had a lead in the fourth quarter. Wow. That just does not happen very rarely. So they got their second one, and we'll see if they get more. And if this becomes a thing where they're just going to go on a run for the next 10 years where they get five, six of these things, we'll see. Are they a dynasty? They're, they're so close to not getting these because of the Bengals game. And the Eagle, the Super Bowl was so close. Mm-hmm. They're so close to not getting these, but but they are. They they got two now. Are they a dynasty? I think you got to win one more. Okay. You've been going to the Super Bowl is nice. Yeah, I need to get one more. Like the Giants aren't a dynasty. They won two in what two in five years. And yeah. the what Chiefs have been to the Super Bowl three times in four years. Yep. Nobody calls the Bills a dynasty. They never won, though. So, nobody calls, like, that Broncos late 90s team a dynasty. They went back-to-back. So, if they can win another one, you need, in my book, you need three. You need to get. But Mahomes and the Chiefs, or Mahomes and Reed specifically, I should say, have gone that extra step because I know you've mentioned it multiple times on the podcast over the, the years about, you know, how difficult it is, you know, because I, I say that Mahomes is going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. He's a Hall of Famer in my book, and this did nothing to solidify it. But we look at Russell Wilson. He's you know been to two Super Bowls. He's one and one. You know Aaron Rodgers has only won one Super Bowl. So it's always difficult to win that second. Now that Mahomes has though, by the age of twenty-seven, he may never get to another Super Bowl. He may get to several more. He may not win another one. We don't know that, but. At 27, the fact that he's won two Super Bowls already, I mean, it's he's now in that rarefied air where he's now 2-1 and one in Super Bowls, and it's such a different... I think there's a different view of him now than if he would be 1-2 and two in Super Bowls. But because he's got that second one now, along with two regular season MVPs and two Super Bowl MVPs, it's like, yes, he is amongst the greatest of all time. And he's working his way to the greatest. It's the best start to a career ever. Like nobody's ever had a start to like. Like he sat his first year, but he played that the last game against the Chargers, I think. Yep, I think it was. Then, but yes, yep, the last game. I, I think yeah, he he had sat for the entire year. And then they take over for Alex Smith, and they're already a good team, so that helps. But they're already good, and he gets there. And they get better. And, and nobody's gotten off to the start. Like, he was instantly good. And he was instantly, like, the best quarterback. He's been the best quarterback for, for his fifth year. Mm-hmm. And 
Okay, he always gets to the AFC Championship game. He's always done that. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, like, if he never played again, like, I'd put him in the Hall of Fame. Like, oh, five, five years is enough for me. Mm-hmm. Right now, again, uh, when we talked about the rankings a couple weeks ago with Brady, I put Peyton Manning number one. I would put Patrick Mahomes number two. Okay. The two best quarterbacks I've ever seen. And Mahomes will probably pass Manning in the next couple of years if he, if he continues this pace. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a piece to keep up. And as long as he stays healthy, he should be all right. I think what's also fascinating about what Mahomes and the Chiefs did this year is that they did it without Tyreek Hill. And apart oh. from Travis Kelsey, it was all um, just a hodgepodge of, you know, one guy's going to step up this game and then the, the another another guy. It, I mean, it was basically by committee outside of Travis Kelsey. And that's why I thought this offense could be so dangerous this year because you weren't going to force the ball down the field to Tyreek Hill. You you had all of these different weapons. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster could make a catch here and there. Sky Moore, we would see what he could do. Nicole Hardman, you know, MVS. You had the running back. So you weren't necessarily going to get the, the deep plays, you know, the, the deep balls down the field, the explosive plays. But you had so much more field to work with now because of all these guys and everyone could step up. You can't, like, you can't double-team Juju Smith-Schuster all the time because... I mean, you don't, I mean, that's essentially wasting someone, but yet they can win these one-on-one battles and it's going to continue into next year because Juju sounds like he wants to be back and it sounds like, I mean, he'll come back at a reduced salary or whatever if he wants, but you got Sky Moore. We'll see what McCole Hardman chooses to do, but no doubt they'll probably draft another wide receiver. You have these tight ends. These running backs are, are really good. Hopefully they can bring back Jarek McKinnon. It's like, how do you stop? And because Andy Reid's that mad scientist and so creative with his play calls and stuff, you know, corn dog and and you know the spinning and the you know the the snow globe and everything. How is a team supposed to stop the Chiefs right now? I mean, they just essentially blew whatever notion you had of them coming into the season out of the water with what they did. And Mahomes had his best year statistically. I mean, it's. It's practically unheard of. It's un. It, it's unthinkable what they did this year. You have the Colts plan. That's how you stop the Eagles and the Chiefs. Two best teams. You have the fucking Colts. Yeah, yeah. How the Colts beat the Chiefs and how the Colts held like the Eagles to a season low in points. Just it doesn't make any sense. Um, like you double Travis Kelsey up the first time. Um. Like, people need to stop with uh, nobody believed in us for shit with this team. Well, some people did. Bart Scott said that they weren't, that they weren't going to make the playoffs. There, well, was, there was a lot of doubters out there headed into the season. The Bills were the favorite. The Chiefs were number two. Like, if you're the number two team to reach the Super Bowl, like, there's... You know, it was interesting to see what happened with Tyreek Hill, and they were just fine without him. So they got to save a lot of money. And then Travis Kelsey says, nobody believes, like, enough, enough. I know all the Fox guys picked the Eagles, that's fine. A lot of people picked the Eagles, some people picked the Chiefs. It was a three-point game that got decided on a iffy penalty and a field goal at the end. Like, if these teams play ten times, it's probably five times. Mm-hmm. One, uh, rebuilding, I guess, I don't know. 
I would, I would say rebuilding. rebuilding. I'd say retooling. I don't. It's not a rebuild by anything. They lost Tyreek Hill. Their defense is still pretty bad. Their defense is below average, I would say. Not average. But think how many rookies they had this year play on defense. Good. Well, they're getting better, though. Watson is going to be good. McDuffie, good. Uh, I mean, Nick Bolton is just his second year. George Karloftis is, uh, was a rookie defensive end. They had so many rookies. This is one of actually the younger teams in the NFL, believe it or not. And you can get away with that when Mahomes is your quarterback and your offense is like this. Yep. And imagine how much better they're going to be next year then. Potentially, if I'm 6-2... Seven and two, seven and three, eight and three, nine and three, ten and three. They were ten and three in one score games. <clears throat> so they won a lot of close games. And just like Georgia did after the national title, there were some idiots, some Georgia player that said, Nobody believed like you were the number one team the entire season. Yep. What the hell of all the teams to say, like you're out of your goddamn mind. Georgia. Georgia. Nobody believed in us. The hell are you talking about? So many people, though, leading up to the Super Bowl were talking about the how the Eagles were the better, like more complete team. Yes, the, the Chiefs have yeah. the best player on the field, but like if you look top to bottom, I would say the Eagles had the better team. They had the more have more weapons, the better weapons. They had the better offensive line. They had the better defensive line. They had the better defense. Yeah. So, like, as a as a whole team, and look, I mean, Jalen Hurts missed two games, and he was sixteen and one this year when he was on the field. So, I think there's a lot uh, there's a lot of reason why um, people were saying that the Eagles should win, and I think the only real argument I kept hearing during Super Bowl week or you know when people were making their predictions is like. I just can't go against Mahomes. I just can't go against Mahomes. But they kept saying the Eagles have everything better. I just can't go against Mahomes. So it just, I like, I would say again that the Eagles had the by far the better team. If you're looking at it top to bottom, they had they had the Chiefs number in a number of different areas. Chiefs use that as motivation, and of course, you do have the best player in Patrick Mahomes. So I think there there were a lot of people that were doubting the Chiefs as the better team. There just were some people that said, I can't bet against Mahomes. I think this is where, like, we overrate who won or lost. Like, Chiefs won, so they're better. I, no, I, the, the Eagles are better. Mm-hmm. Because the Chiefs won the game, that doesn't mean, well, the Chiefs are better now. The Eagles, they weren't really all that good. And this and that. It's like, no. It's one game, and again, like, if the Chiefs would have won this by, by three, four touchdowns, then you know what? They're, they're, they were the better team. But no, it was, you know, it was, what, 24-14. Mm-hmm. There was a fumble, there was a punt return, there was this and that. The field sucked, all these excuses that you can make. Yeah, the, the Eagles are better. They're, yeah, you go down the line, yes, they're a better team than than the Chiefs are. Their defense didn't play very well. If the, if the footing and the if the footing and, and the grass is better, maybe they actually sack it more than zero mm-hmm. times. So... Yeah, like the Eagles, again, like a three-point game, a field goal with 10 seconds left, won it. But yeah, like it's, I don't think it's ridiculous to say the Eagles are better. I think they are, they still are. 
Jalen Hurts had a great game. He did. He did. It, it was a historical performance. He, if I mean, he doesn't lose that fumble. He could have been MVP in a losing effort. There is an argument that can be made that you could have given him the MVP award of that game. And, like, the Chiefs were... Like, going into the playoffs, they were probably the favorite with the Bills not playing very well. I figured the Bengals would beat the Chiefs if that didn't happen. But, yeah, the Chiefs, they, you know, like, they're like, nobody believed in us. They had not enough. It's like, that just makes me dislike them when, when they say stuff like that. Well, like, they, if they keep saying it next year, I'll... I'll kind of agree with you. I, I, yes, they, they do take it too far. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I do think, though, if we're looking at these two teams going into next year, I think there's plenty of reason for optimism for Eagles fans that they, they could be right back in the in the big game next year because of, because of Jalen Hurts. You have A.J. Brown. You have a lot of good offensive pieces. But they have 13 or so, so free agents. Uh, you could see Jason Kelsey retire. He's the best center in the game. You could see Fletcher Cox retire, uh, Brandon Graham retire. You have several key players that may not be back on this team next year. Miles Sanders, a free agent, that's fine. They're going to draft a running back probably in the first round. They, they have the Saints' first-round pick. They have a top-ten pick. They should not do that. When you, when you, I mean, when you got Jalen Hurts, like, you don't need I want the I want the Vikings to get Bijan Robinson, maybe. Uh, otherwise, Ty J. Sharp from Tulane in the fourth, in the third or the fourth round. That's what. I, first one, no. Second one, yeah. We're on the same pitch. Yeah. Um, I would prefer, I guess, like a wide receiver or a, a defensive lineman off something, maybe a quarterback. I really want this Hainer or he, uh, Jake Heiner from uh, from Fresno State. That's the guy I'm on right now. He's the quarterback of the future uh, for the Vikings. Uh, that's. But you, you don't have to necessarily... I'm going to make a prediction about whoever the hell that guy is. He'll never start again. Okay. All right. I think he will. I think he will. So, But I just... I look at the Eagles. You lose your two coordinators. You you have so many free agents. And you're going to have to lock up Jalen Hurts. Like, that's also... In large part, why they can do this is the same reason with like why the Bengals are having success right now, why the Jaguars are poised for success for at least another year or two, because you have the quarterbacks on these rookie deals. They aren't getting paid the massive bucks. All you know, same thing with the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Once these guys get paid, it's going to be so much more difficult to keep everyone, like the Chiefs have found out, which is why it's so imperative that you draft well. So I do think that the Eagles, in a in the because the NFC is so much weaker, they do. There's no reason to fret that they won't, you know, that they'll, they'll struggle a whole lot because they do have Jalen Hurts and he's, you know, he's as young as he is. But can they get all? Will all those pieces come back? Who will they be able to get to? Um, to replace them. I, that's the issue, I think, with the Eagles. With the Chiefs, they have everyone in place pretty much. We'll see if they keep Orlando, if they can re-sign Orlando Brown Jr. We'll see if they can keep Andrew Wiley. We'll see what they can do. But that defense is young. I, I think a lot more, a lot of players want to come back. You know, Frank Clark wants to come back. Chris Jones, of course, locked in there. But, I mean, they're going to take a slightly reduced salary to stay with them. 
I don't know if that's necessarily the case with the Eagles. Like James Bradbury, the guy who held Juju Smith-Schuster, he's saying, you know, I, you know, I'll come back, but I'm not going to give you a discount. Like I'm not going to stay here for cheap. I want to make my money. So I think it's a little more difficult. If I had to pick one of the two teams that's more likely to make it back to the Super Bowl next year, I'm taking the Chiefs. Well, like the Eagles, like if they didn't make the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised by that. No, if Jalen Hurts get hurt or yep. their defense isn't quite as good. And they lose some guys. I'm already like, like the like AFC the Championship game next year. I think it's going to be Bengals Chiefs. I'm going to call on it for round three. Like the the Chiefs division, just not that it's not good, but it's like there's no threats to them. Like if the Chargers are the threat, they're not a threat. The Raiders aren't any good. Denver was terrible. We'll see what Sean Payton can do, but I I don't. There's no like who's threatening? They're just not. They're always going to win that division. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nobody from the AFC South that's going to be, like, the Titans have been, they've been a top seed recently, yeah. but that, like... Jacksonville. Sure. Jacksonville is the team to watch for. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, you have to contend with Buffalo and Cincinnati. You didn't have to see Buffalo this year. And, uh, I mean, the Bengals are tough. The Bengals are right there, so, yeah, yeah it's... I think it's, I think it's still a toss-up between the Bengals and the Chiefs. Yep, I agree. Um, I, like I said, that's my AFC Championship game. And while we're on the subject, the NFL opening kickoff game, know that the Eagles go to Kansas City. I, I guess, you know, the Carolina went to Denver for week one right after the year after that Super Bowl. I don't see a Super Bowl rematch in week one. I see it being put like week four, week six, put it in a primetime game on Sunday Night Football because you just have everything leading up to it. I I gotta say it's the Bengals coming to Kansas City. It's it's Cincinnati, Miami, or Buffalo, and with an outside shot at Denver just because of Sean Payton. I think that could bring some intrigue to that game, but I don't see the Eagles. My best bet would be the Bengals right now. Or Aaron Rodgers goes to the Raiders. Yeah, that's I guess a possibility as well. Um, would you put the? Would you even consider the Broncos? I wouldn't know. I I uh, I'd go Cincinnati. What is the biggest game I love? It's Cincinnati. That's the biggest rivalry right now. Is that is that Sunday. something that you want for yes. the the kickoff game though? Because the kick there's so much pageantry with it in the you know the Super Bowl unveiling do you want the rivalry aspect of it with that like uh, like Miami makes some sense because of Tyreek Hill and you do have Tua Tagovailoa I mean it's not like it's a a completely foreign um like it, it's not like a bad team it, with, with a star like the Dolphins are a really good team so I could see Miami getting in there as well um, if you want to say, if you like, say CBS or ESPN or or NBC really want the Bengals and the Bills later on, they can fight for it later on. And you could put a, the Dolphins in there, and it would be just fine. Or you could put the Broncos in there. You could put the Raiders if Rodgers is there. Um, I think there is some validity to that, but my best bet right now would be the Bengals. Yeah, I want the biggest game, and the Bengals is the biggest. Well, apart from the Eagles. Apart from the Eagles. Well, I think the Bengals are still bigger. Okay. And you're going to see that team in the playoffs. The Eagles are probably not going to play them again. 
Sure. You get to the Super Bowl, maybe, maybe you see them. Unlikely. Mm-hmm. But it's the Bengals and Bengals and Chiefs. The new, the new Patriots, Colts. Yep. The new whatever they're so. Yep. Put that on first. Uh, other stuff, Super Bowl related. Rihanna, fantastic! I thought her halftime show was very good. I was surprised how many songs I knew of hers, and she did it while being pregnant. Like that's an insane! Like being hoisted that high, although the, you know the dance was good. I thought that Rihanna had a good halftime show. Uh, the commercials. I thought this was the best batch of commercials that we have seen in recent years. There have been other years where there's been a commercial that's better than anything that was in this Super Bowl, but overall the collective batch of commercials from you know T-Mobile to the E-Trade Babies to, um, yeah, they, I thought it was a very good batch of commercials overall. Like with every halftime show, pretty much every scene, I don't care. Um, it looked cool with the elevated platforms. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Other than that, I don't care. I could do without the crotch grabbing. I don't think we need crotch grabbing anymore. Yeah. And the what about scissoring? No scissoring. No, 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 no scissoring. No. Back in this month. Um. And again, commercials were just there. But none of them stuck out. Tubi, I guess Tubi. That was the one that. Stuck out the most, I guess. I don't know. Because everyone thought that the, that something was going on with their TV. I'm like, who are these idiots? Who the hell are these idiots? Like, you look at it. They go to the announcer. What was it? Like, it was late in the game. It was like fourth quarter, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not going to go to the announcers in the booth in the fourth quarter. Like, it, it didn't look right here. You know? When you see it, like, oh, yeah, this is a commercial for something. And if you don't have, like, the streaming service, why would you even think that something would be going on with your TV? There's a lot of people that don't watch. It's, like, the only game that they watch, so they have no idea what anything is. So they see that, and they go, oh, it must be uh, the announcers, and oh, what happened on the TV? Well, nothing happened on the TV, idiots, because you've never heard of Tubi, and you certainly aren't watching the goddamn thing, so... And a lot of commercials. I remember one year. Uh, this is in the Blue Apartments. I did not live there yet, but we went over to watch the game. Yep. Dan Beck. Was Dan Beck over there at that time? Yep. Him and dumb shit and everybody else. <laughs> Boots? Yeah. And then um, there was like this one guy that I really didn't like. And I wore, I think I wore a Vikings jersey. That was the Vikings Saints year. Mm-hmm. And I, I figured he would say something. So I had a good comeback, and it worked. I had a Vikings jersey, and he said something. Oh, Vikings aren't in this game. I'm like, all right, cocksucker. I'll give you a fifty. I'll give you fifty bucks right now if you can tell me who the fuck's playing today. And he couldn't because he's a dumb shit. <laughs> I was like, shut the fuck up. You know, it was what cold Saints. Did you get you your fifty bucks? No, I bet him fifty. But I'll give you fifty bucks if you can name. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, I don't. Colt Saints, dumb shit. You know the Vikings aren't it. You know who's actually in this fucking game you're going to spend the next four hours watching? Fuck no. So. How <laughs> do Yep. Uncensored. This on the internet. Uncensored. Uncensored. Melissa, is this the first time you've picked up on the swearing on this podcast? Oh, no. He usually monitors no, no. some of it when he's on this show. 
Oh, really? No. <laughs> no, no, he was just stacking. Good to see, good to see LeBron return tonight after a three-game absence. Good to get him rested up for that. Remember when the last time I watched him, I was like, man, LeBron looks tired. <laughs> I mean, LeBron also chiming in on the Super Bowl. I can deal without that, especially when he gave his demonstrative uh, no uh, uh, reaction to the no call. I like it, Melissa. LeBron, what was your favorite commercial from the Super Bowl? I mean, two people that don't play football. My favorite commercial? I don't think I had one. Uh-uh. It doesn't count to me. Was the, was the parrot, was that, that was Devonte Adams, right? I don't even know. That was the flag football one with uh, Diana Flores or whatever, and she's running away, everyone's trying to grab her flag. I thought it was. Wasn't that, that's been on for a while, like, no. he was in. I thought it was, I thought it was Richard Sherman. Mm-hmm. I have no idea, like, some of these commercials, there's like, is this supposed to be somebody I'm supposed to know? I could have a group of people there. There was one, like, wasn't there one, like, there was a, some, something happening in a grocery store? I'm like, who are these people? Who are these celebrity spokespeople? I know who John Travolta looks like. I don't know I don't know these other people. I thought it was Richard Sherman. It may have been Devontae Adams. I don't know. I thought it, that was my first thought, but it was so quick, and then you never saw him again. But it's like as he's running and... Like, I, I thought it was Richard Sherman because it was a defensive guy. You'd think it'd be a defensive guy chasing down. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it could have been Devontae Adams Telefino. But yeah, it's just like, kind of what, $7 million for an ad? Like, I, my guy, my guy, I don't care. I really thought that the, the T-Mobile one with John Travolta and uh, sure. Turk and JD from Scrubs was outstanding because it was an homage to uh, Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, that was yeah. as good as any of them. So, that stuck out. What else? He from... still looks good, by the way. What? He still looks good, though, by the way. Like, he doesn't John... look like he's got too much work done. John, John Travolta? Yeah. Or, yeah. or is that who we're talking about? Yeah. He, he, yeah. he does look good. I think he looks great. Showed his head and he was 68. Yeah, he's getting up there. He's sitting 70 soon. How old is he now? Almost yeah. 70? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he looks really good for his age. And for how much he did. Like, he's been, he's done a lot of acting. Mm-hmm. I've got to be hard on you. I would agree. What else from the Super Bowl uh, stood out to you, though, the whole pageantry of it? Just a lot of songs at the beginning. Oh, uh, 5.30 kickoff, second, how'd that go? Yeah, uh, like, like 5.36, I think, is when they actually kicked off. I noticed that. Five forty five. Oh, I thought I was at like the state fair where you get seven open packs before the first thing you actually want to see. It was forever. A lot of songs, a lot of singing. Too much. Too uh, much. Game started at five forty five. Uh, people crying during the national anthem. I just could never do that. I just don't care enough. I thought someone seemed to anyway. No, I just don't even give a shit about the country here. How about the what? Eagles booing? Eagles fans booing Dak Prescott. Huh? Did you see Eagles fans booing Dak Prescott when they named him Walter Payton Man of the Year? That's one reason why the Eagles shouldn't ever win anything else because their their fans are the worst. Honestly, that's I think 
most of the country, I think, was yes. It, people are up, don't like Patrick Mahomes' wife and his brother, and because his brother's just a dumb shit. But I mean, how many people can sit there and say, "Oh yeah, we really like the Eagles"? No, their fans are just trash. They're awful. Like if the Vikings were there and Aaron Rodgers won it, they'd boo him. Oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers, boo. Like the Eagles' big rival is Dallas, so yeah, boo. That's the quarterback of of a team we don't like. I don't know. I don't. I would like to think that wouldn't be the case. Oh yeah, who's this guy? He's with the team we don't like. Boo. I, 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 but I don't know. Maybe you're right. You're, you're probably right. I like it. I guess Eagles fans, they sound like they outnumbered the Chiefs fans. They couldn't really tell by, didn't really see the crowd, but it just sounded. Vivid Seat said that the the rough estimate was, you know, of tickets purchased was 62% for the Eagles, 38% for the Chiefs. Great Chiefs fans out there, about. Well, very, it's a very nice Super Bowl. Uh, the good good job, Chiefs. I'm sure my father-in-law has already purchased lots of stuff. Um, we can only hope, because uh, the kids need more Chiefs gear. the The Super Bowl shirt from that Noah had from three years ago is too small, so he needs a new one. Yeah, why did they say five thirty when it didn't start for another fifteen minutes? That great question. Great question. Like they they know when this is going to start. It's not like well we we really don't know. It was later this year than normal. Normally, kickoff is at like 5.28 at that obscure time. But it's 5.30 and we still have two singers to go. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Waiting, waiting. And just, what is so difficult about telling people when the game's going to actually start? Like, why do we have to say, oh, it's this time. When I watch on Sundays, the games start like at 12.02. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, it's new. It's close enough. They don't start at twelve fifteen, right? I don't get what is so. Especially the the bigger the game, national championship game doesn't start at six thirty or seven. It starts whenever. Mm-hmm. What is so difficult about? All right, here's when it's going to start. It's going to be give or take a minute or two, but it's going to be pretty close to this time. And now it's, it's fifteen minutes after. So this is the first year I can recall that it was that much of a delay. Yes. Rock star concerts. Like, we would do it, and they'd go to a commercial, they'd come back, they'd sing another song, go back to another commercial. You know how much they got to charge for those commercials where people thought they were actually starting the game that people yeah. were watching? That's why they did it. Well, I don't know. Were, were they charging $7 million for a spot before the game? I, I can't imagine they were. No, it doesn't say the game. Well, I mean, the game was supposed to start at 7.30. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 5.30. 7.30, Nova Scotia time. Yeah, game yeah. Service, but... oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the NFL sees... Yes, yes. Uh, like, Eric Bieniemy's not a coach because he beats women and does stupid shit, though. What? It's like, people, why don't this guy who's won two Super Bowls and is this offense... February of 98, police arrested him and his teammate after a bar fight. I don't want my coach fighting people in bars. Well, I'm giving people a second chance, but yeah, they, you have to look at the external factors. I don't think Mike Zimmer came out and got any fucking bar fights. Uh, July of 1990, way back, he put in no contest after serving a firefighter. Colorado suspended him for one game. 
September of 93, they arrested him. He was in the NFL. He apparently grabbed a female parking attendant by the neck and threatened her. Colorado banned him from its campus for one year. Uh, April of 2001, Colorado police arrested Eric Bieniemy on a DUI charge three months after he joined Colorado and their football staff as the running back's coach. He had a driver's license suspended after numerous violations. Then he was linked to Colorado football program using alcohol and sex to lure recruits in an ESPN report in 2004. That is why he's not a head coach. This happened a long time ago, uh, but yeah, I don't want my head coach uh, with this temperament. Why he's not a head coach and probably never will be because of shit like this. Oh, so you're not, you're, you're not going like Stephen A. Smith and blaming Andy Reid why Eric Bieniemy's yeah. not a head coach? What the hell's Andy Reid got to do with anything? Because he calls the plays or what? Yeah, pr- yep, pretty much. Well, we've had what Doug Peterson being offensive coordinator for Andy Reid has gone on to do well. Matt and Nagy. And both those that got hired yesterday. Matt Nagy. <laughs> Nagy. Nagy. Nagy, what a successful run he had. So it's like, yes, yeah, like, and they have Bob Costas, who I like. He's on CNN with what, Jake Tapper. Okay. Like, why not? If he's white, would he be? I don't know. Maybe do your research and bring this shit up. Maybe, maybe this is a factor. Yes, I would say. I would say it probably is. Mm-hmm. So after the initial run, well, he's going to be a coach, and then after years and years and years of it not happening, like, well, why doesn't this happen? Well, this is probably one of the reasons why. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I still think he deserves to be ahead because people can change. I mean, that is a long time ago, but you're right. It's not there. There's other stuff there that maybe, um, you know, these analysts need to bring up rather yeah, than just bring this throw up. Out if the you race think car. that he's black or because right. he's an Andy Reid assistant, doesn't call the play, sure. Or he can bring that stuff up too and say, hey. Agreed. The NFL season complete again. Congratulations. To the Kansas City Chiefs at their victory parade Wednesday. Uh, fun had by all. And we will see what happens in the offseason. Uh, like where Derek Carr is going to go. Because he was released by the Raiders. So uh, we'll, my bet's on the NFC South. But but we will see. Um, NBA or college basketball. What do you want to get to next? NBA. All right. Trades galore. Trades, trades, trades. We talked about some of them last week. But holy cow, Kevin Durant going to Phoenix. Uh, you have uh, D'Angelo Russell going to the Lakers and you know Mike Conley going to the Wolves. But the big one was KD getting traded. Like this, the Nets are such a debacle of a franchise. Um, but I think, you know, they KD... Were, they were, and then they got rid of their problems. They're, they cleaned house and they're... They much better for it now. Think about that, though. Last year, they had James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. And then they brought Ben Simmons into the fold. And now only Ben Simmons remains. Like, that's that's a major whiff if I've ever seen it. It feels like more times than not, these super teams don't work out. Agreed. Agreed. So when they actually do, and people give the Warriors shit and say, Oh, you brought in Kevin Durant to... On a team that was already great. Well, yeah, because you're not guaranteed to win again. Just because you won once and you bring everybody back doesn't mean you're going to win again because of how difficult it is to win a championship in any sport. So if you get a chance to do something, 
fucking go get Kevin Durant and, and, and win another couple titles. Well, whether it's, you just look at all these super teams the last couple of years, and a lot of them have involved Kevin Durant, and a lot of them have involved James Harden. And, like, they're not, like, James Harden's not winning a championship. Like, Chris Paul, I guess this is his best shot, and, and Phoenix was disappointed year after year after year. And Chris Paul has fallen short many times in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I think the Suns have to be considered the favorites now, don't you? Yeah, if they're healthy. they got to stay healthy, though. Durant hasn't played yet, and he'll be back probably next week. But, you, I mean, he's not young anymore. Is he 34, 35? Mm-hmm. So he's not young anymore. Now you've got... The Dallas thing, I don't think that's going to work at all. But. No, nope, I don't either. I wish Phoenix would win, but I don't think they are. Maybe they'll get to the finals, maybe, but I don't. It's a good move for the owner takes over, and two days later he makes a big trade. So, mm-hmm. And he'll be there for the next three years. Yep. Well, there for probably the end of his career. Well, that's one of the good things, too, about you know, like with the Wolves trading – uh, D'Angelo Russell, I know that there are some fans out there that are upset because D'Angelo Russell was playing really well for the Wolves, scoring a lot of points, but he's going to be a free agent after this season. Mike Conley, not. like he, He's got at least one more year left on his contract. You, you could pair him with Rudy Gobert because they were teammates in Utah for a while. So there is that, that chemistry factor as well. So I think there there's... It's just a matter of how you look at it. You know, net positive, net losses. For the Nets, it was, I don't know, it's a its a net loss overall for them by losing KD. Getting rid of Kyrie Irving for pennies on the dollar is not a net loss. That's a net gain. No, like, yeah, that's the guy that you just cut. Like, I would have cut him last year. But you got a boatload of draft picks for him, so yeah, good idea just keeping him. Finding a team dumb enough like Dallas to... Yeah, here's, here's three first-round picks for him or whatever they gave him. Well, that's what the Suns gave the that's Nets for, for Durant. I think, uh, like, a few second-round picks for Irving. I like they weren't going to beat. I don't think they're beating Boston. I don't think they're beating Milwaukee. So it's like you tried. It didn't work out. It didn't really come close to working out. So you build for the future. You got a bunch of draft picks, and hopefully some of those guys hit. Mm-hmm. And they got, who was the one guy that had three straight games of 40-plus points? Oh, Tim Thomas or something for the Nets? Tim, Tim Thomas. Tim Thomas, yep. 41 years old. Uh, somehow, sacking 21 years old, played three games in four days. I don't know how he did it. And he played, uh, <laughs> had, over, had over 40 points in every game. I was like, yeah, that's, I think, youngest player ever to do that. So, yeah, that's pretty impressive. No doubt, no doubt. So the the NBA trade deadline uh, certainly stole a lot of headlines over uh, Super Bowl week, um, and we'll we'll see how it all pans out. the uh, The All Star game is this weekend. There's like the three point shooting contest, the the dunk contest. There's no one that anyone's heard of. Matt McClung. Uh, okay. What the dunk contest? The dunk contest. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, who, who? I haven't heard. Matt, somebody? Matt McClung. Let's see. Let's get this pulled up. There's a G League guy. I thought I saw like, there was like a G League guy in there. Was that last guy? Ah, I mean, who who knows? Let's see. I'm um, not going to be around. I ain't going to watch it out here. Like, why don't guys want to do this anymore? I don't know. It, it's just. Give me a year, second. Give me a year way back. 
Give me a year. We'll look at who was in the dunk contest. 1997. 1997. Dunk contest. Oh, I don't know. Kobe Bryant, he was in it. He won it. It's like, okay, I... I don't know why people don't want to be in it. I can't find who's in these things. How about 2002? Here we go, 97. All right, you had Kobe Bryant win it. You had Ray Allen. Uh, Chris Carr, don't know who that is, some guy from Timberwolves. Michael Finley with Dallas. Darvin Ham and Bobby Searle. So, not a great lineup. Here's... Yes, they had two Hall of Famers in there, so that's okay. Here is the... The, the dunk contest for this uh, for this week. It's McClung, Kenyon Martin Jr. He plays for Houston. Trey Murphy, the third, plays for New Orleans. And Jericho Sims from the Knicks. Like, honestly, who in the hell are these people? AJ Martin, I, I would not have known that as Kenyon Martin kid. Right. Well, yeah, and we know who Kenyon Martin is, but yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, that's his, that's his kid. Like, it's just ridiculous. Trey good, good thing Trey Murphy the third uses the third, or else I'd confuse him with his dad, Trey Murphy the second. <laughs> also, like, who the hell it is? Um, let's played see. At, played at Virginia, I guess, with the first round pick two years ago. Three-point shooting contest here. This one actually like is has some recognizable names, but not great. Uh, we got Buddy Heald, um, Tyrese Halliburton from Indiana, uh, Lillard from Portland. Okay, so Damian Lillard, Anthony Simmons, Tyler Harrow from Miami, Kevin Herter from Sacramento. Lori Markinen from Utah and Jason Tatum for Boston. So like it's it's better than the dunk contest. Oh, I've heard of all these guys. Right, but like, like Lillard. Lillard's the biggest name by far of that bunch, but it's still not like Like I've heard of all those guys. Like so why is it so dumb to, is it the embarrassment of the dunk contest? Are people embarrassed now if they don't do well? I don't know. Like LeBron James never did it. I'm pretty certain he would have won it. If he would have just been in it, he would have won it. Oh, for sure. For sure. But then you think about, like, who are the best dunkers that, like, who, who is not in it that are like, well, why isn't he in it? It doesn't seem like there's anybody out there, but got to be a list better than this and better than a bunch of guys who never play. Oh, yeah. It's just, I mean, give me, like, uh, I guess, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is injured right now. But, yeah, there's there's got to be big guys out there that it, – it's bad. It's so bad. Uh, so, I'm going to pick 1998. Okay. Let's see what we got. That's a very famous dunk contest. Uh, Michael, well, let's It's brutal. The nice sight here is not a listing of things. Oh, Michael Jordan won it. This pisses me off here. Not uh, oh. Michael Jordan won it. Dominique Wilkins, he was in it. Dominique Wilkins was in it like every year. Mm-hmm. Like he was the best dunker. Wasn't the famous one? Was that 86 or 89 something in that? Wasn't that the famous dunk contest? 
was like 88. 88? Okay. So it was like in Chicago with him and him and Michael Jordan. Um, I don't know. I can't find it. But yeah, it's just like, I don't know why the guys don't want to do it. I want to go wherever we do another sports line. We might do one here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hey, hey, hey. Why are things, things seem to have been better back in the day. I don't know if that's just a, you know, a nostalgia thing or, you know, things, things are always better in the past. But like, what, what today is better than it was years ago? Like, is the NFL better? Maybe, I don't know. We complain about the officials and this and that all the time. And overall, this just wasn't a very good football season. Like, the NBA is certainly not better. Like, you see all these games. Oh, it was 133 to 124. A lot of points. Like, I was watching, just watching some of these games this week. It's like, it was like a Warriors-Clippers game last night. It's mm-hmm. Like, who could possibly care about this? Like, Seth Curry's out. The Stars never play. It's, they're just running around. It's like soccer. They're just running around, shooting the ball up once in a while. It is not fun to watch. Is there anything better? HD like versus that? standard def. What? High definition versus standard def. Yeah, it's better. Like, they actually, like, NASCAR, that's not better now than it used to be. Is, is hockey better than it was? I would say maybe hockey's a little better. What is? I would say hockey might be a little better. It's better? Like, I look at these things, like, things were just better back in the day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Agreed. Um, maybe the NCAA tournament is better. So let's let's turn our attention to college basketball. I like last week we had the most insane shot ever. Did you see this Portland State Northern Arizona the end of this game? Yes. Unbelievable. Like that's an SB nominee for best play of the year. Mm-hmm. Um. Portland, if you didn't see it, Northern Arizona hits a three-pointer. They think they've won the game. They put .4 seconds left on the clock. Portland State heaves this high-arcing pass down, and the guy catches it and flicks it off of the backboard, and it is incredible. Like, I mean, he's he's a little ways away. It reminded me of, um, oh, my gosh. Who's the, who's the, the golden gopher? That made the seat or the shot from his pants is like um, Hoffarber, Blake Hoffarber. Ah, oh yes, the, uh, in high school. Yep, in high school. But then he also, and then he also had some incredible shot in the Big Ten tournament as well with the Gophers. But like that's the kind of shot it reminded me of. Like it's just an improbable shot. Then uh, Valentine's night, we get this incredible game between Creighton and Providence. I'm back on Creighton. Uh, they, despite the loss to Providence, Creighton looks really good. Not a great night for our boy, um, you know, Baylor Shireman, but, uh, overall Creighton good, still like Marquette. There's a ton of upsets, like Purdue, number one Purdue went down on Super Bowl Sunday. Alabama looks like the best team, head and shoulders. I would put them, this Brandon Miller guy is absolutely fantastic. Um, I still think, uh, you know, still think highly of uh, Purdue and Zach Eady, but you can't lose to Northwestern and and think that everything's all hunky-dory. But 
lot of stuff going on in college basketball, but I would say this Providence Creighton game, top three games of the year, and all three of them uh, involve a Big East team. Seems like Creighton's in a lot of really good games. Yes. Yep. I believe you do owe me a smoothie for uh, Northwestern defeating Purdue. Ah, shit. I do, don't I? Oh, no. Oh, man. I woke up. I took my Sunday nap. I'm like, oh, this this feels good. I didn't even give you any any points. I just said straight up, Northwestern's going to beat Purdue. I completely forgot about that until now. Doggone it. I owe you a smoothie. Sons of bitches. Uh, good to see Marquette just get their heads pounded by my UConn team. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, 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 that was unnecessary. But then Creighton beat UConn uh, on Saturday, so that was good to see. Uh, Indiana beat Michigan by one. That was a close game. Stack, and you're going to have to remind me not to pick North Carolina once we get to tournament time. If they even make it. Like, they're just not... They could turn it. They're just not going to do it. No, I agree. I I, I fully My agree. Like they're just not good. I don't know how they're not good. How they're not better. It, it's it's baffling. Everybody. It's baffling. It really is. Um, I uh, you you look at some of these teams. Um, you know, Kentucky's out of it right now. Kentucky loses to Georgia. I would really like it if Kentucky didn't make it in right now. Uh, Oregon is is in Clemson is out New Mexico loses to Wyoming so they they're getting bounced uh I mean I'm looking at some of these te- like all of a sudden Mississippi State's kind of hot right now so they're they're the kind of the flavor of the month um I really like Marquette Baylor's playing really well right now Kansas I, I don't know if I trust them but kind of have to like Oh, how about this Virginia Duke ending Saturday? Did you see this game? I didn't know there was a missed call somewhere. At the that. end of the game, so Philip uh, Kyle Filipowski or Filipowski, whatever his name, Philip Filipowski, whatever, uh, he gets it and he goes and drives in for uh, for the for the game winning bucket and he gets fouled and you can tell that he gets hit with like 0.2 seconds left. Now I thought it was fairly clean, but when they, the when the the official kind of put it up, there was no time remaining. But the the rule states that even if there's zeros on the clock, if there's a foul after there are zeros, but it's still in the act of the shot, that that player should get two free throws. So Duke should have won the game in regulation, and instead they lose in overtime. That's a like, I'm not like you're not gonna make me let me cry for Duke. Uh, because Duke has gotten on the other end of some very beneficial calls in years past. But this could not... I mean, Duke is not a lock to make the NCAA tournament themselves. This is a damaging loss for them seeding-wise. Yeah, I mean, Virginia's good. So, probably a game they were expected to lose. North Carolina and Kentucky, that could be a first four game. That's crazy. Or yep. Kansas. Charleston, how is Charleston out of this? Who's supposed to be? I don't know. Who, Charles, know. Or should they be in it? I, I would think so. They're kind of on the out. They're, like, they're, they're so still right in the bubble discussion. 
Hofstra is a 14 seed. How is Hofstra projected? I guess Hofstra is projected to get in over Charleston. Just because of the, the, the conference standings right now. Because they beat them? All yes. right, yep, they've beaten them. And then uh, Char- College of Charleston lost to um, to Drexel, I think. Not a good not a good loss. Texas Tech, they beat Texas and Kansas State. Yep, Kansas State's going down. Texas Tech is a team on the come. Uh, I mean, they're not in the discussion yet. I'll tell you another team that's on the come here, Krenz. Um, oh. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Not saying that they, not saying they're going to make the tournament. Not, but I think they should be in the bubble discussion here soon. They beat Tennessee last week. Tennessee is a team we we were talking about maybe not picking North Carolina at all. I'm not picking Tennessee to go anywhere. This team can't, you know, they sniff the top five and they just immediately go the other way. They stink right now. I ain't picking Tennessee. They lose to Vanderbilt last week. Then Vanderbilt beats Florida rather convincingly down in Gainesville. And then they just clobbered South Carolina. Vanderbilt's a team that, what, 14 and 12, kind of left for dead after they lost 101 to 44 to Alabama a few weeks back. They, they beat Pittsburgh. That's a big win right now. Form. So I think if Vanderbilt can kind of right the ship here a little bit, I like Vanderbilt to get in there. Vanderbilt and Texas Tech, they still need to string more wins together, but there's reason for optimism, I would say. Yeah. Like, is Tennessee going to beat Alabama tonight? No way. I don't know how they're favored. I really don't. I'm tempted to pick Tennessee. Just because of they are favored, it makes it go. Why are they favored? That it could be the emotional letdown that Alabama had after beating Auburn in Auburn on Saturday, and then you have to come back play another road game. That would be the reason why. That's the number one team, and they always seem to lose. Number one team seem to lose quite often this year. So. Yes, there's they were on pace to shatter how many unranked teams have beaten ranked teams this year. Yeah. Like again, there, there's not a need for 68 teams. It's unnecessary. 65, I hated that. Go back there. They, they never will, but go to 64. I think the bubble would be a whole lot stronger uh, if we had 64 teams. Well, and this is just a really weird year because of how average everyone is. But let, let, let's look at Vanderbilt here. We got Auburn at home on February 18th. You got at LSU, they're home to Florida, and then uh, what? what are the last? I mean, so that Auburn would be a good win. Um, Florida would would be another good win. And March at Kentucky, and then home to Mississippi State. Vandy, let's get going here. Let let's you you string up the, those wins. Um, you win all those games, you deserve to be in the the bubble discussion. I'll pass on Vanderbilt. You know who's the head coach at Vanderbilt? Jerry Stackhouse? Yes, that is correct. Very, very odd. Good for Vanderbilt. Make a run here. I want to see it. I want to see it. Uh, yeah. Other couple other items that just want to be addressed on uh, regarding college basketball off the court, unfortunately. We had the shooting at Michigan State Monday night, so they've uh, put a pause on activities and stuff, so um, not a good situation there. Another gun 
related incident. We've seen that all too often here. It's very commonplace. And then what in the hell is going on in Las Cruces, New Mexico? New Mexico State has canceled their entire season. They fired their first-year head coach. There's hazing incidents. Uh, we're getting reports of like you know players, you know pants were pulled down, and people, you know, players were like hitting his buttocks and scrotum. Like it's, it, I don't know. Like this is a team that this is a program that just won a game in the NCAA tournament last year, 12-5 upset over UConn. Their coach leaves to go to Mississippi State. And then we have this, like, what in the hell? It, it, then you have, you know, the, they also had a player shoot another player or someone at the University of New Mexico that was early in the in the season, and, you know, he was dismissed, but no charges. It, like, what is going on there? Seriously. I call that a good old-fashioned Tuesday night here in Mitchell. Ah, okay. All right. Pull your pants down, shoot some guns, that stuff. <laughs> Seems like a mess. Seems like a big old mess. Yeah, they just canceled the season. I got one a couple weeks, six games to go, probably three weeks to go. They just, all right, we're done. So, yeah, good advice. Keep your pants up. Like hazing and, like, freshman stuff. Or, like, enough of that. Like, yeah. come on. It's dumb. You know, what's weird with New Mexico State, too, is they're leaving the whack for Conference USA. Do you think Conference USA is kind of looking at it now like, uh, ooh, what are we doing with this team here? That's embarrassing. I mean, there's some in the water, but they don't. But they're in a drought. Yeah, they're. It's terrible. It's like, what a what an embarrassing thing. It's got to be pretty serious stuff. Cancelable. I gotta check the drought monitor here to see how much oh. of a drought New Mexico is in. <laughs> maybe they had water. They went into some goddamn uppity. Maybe they need Maybe it. Maybe it shouldn't be so close to the border, right? Better than Mississippi. So. Yeah, any... Detroit water. Yeah. Sanders, come in and turn that. Oh, that's fl- that's Flint. We don't we don't uh, deal with Flint. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, in Jackson, Mississippi, that water. That's a terrible city. Like it's, it's just all bad situations going on here. Well, um, mess. So that's that. But I'm very excited here. We got conference tournaments starting here in. Uh, less than two weeks, so that is fantastic. A um, couple of uh, we'll talk more about the conference tournaments next week, but uh, there are a couple that uh, have bumped up their their conference dates uh, to not have games on Saturday, but in the middle of the week. It's uh, rather refreshing. What's that? Why is that? Well, so they don't get bumped to like ESPNU on a Saturday night. Yeah. So, good idea by them. Uh, by the way, yes, uh, New Mexico still severe drought. Um, Shipping in water, tainted water. I don't know where, where is Las Cruces. Hey, I have the map right here. Uh, okay. Las Cruces. Let's see where about here because we have this map. Uh, no, they're actually fairly, fairly good. It's in the southern, southern tip. Yeah, southern central, so abnormally dry right now. Gotta imagine that's the middle of nowhere. Indeed. Yeah, really close to Mexico. Did you know New Mexico is still better than Old Mexico? My friend used to have a shirt that had, that said that. It's very funny. Uh, anything else that we need to get to here before we say so long? Mm, not much really, no. It's time to 
time to go yep. to church. Yep. Oh, yes. So we will uh, we'll, uh, say sayonara for now, and we will uh, reconvene next week to talk plenty of college basketball, some baseball rule updates. Oh, That's... my God, Zach, and the baseball. The baseball. So much baseball to talk about. And Noah will join us next week. And, Melissa, I hope you join us as well. I'll make a note of it. Very good. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, where are you at uh, calling games this week here, Crims? Are you at the Corn Palace? Are you traveling places? Where are we at? I'm at home. I was home yesterday. I'll be home tomorrow. Got to go to Watertown, which is awful, on Saturday night. Oh. So, ugh. That's what I say. Well, I'll go to the Terry Redland Art Museum first. Yeah, do that. Um, I go to Brandon on Tuesday. Then uh, we end the regular season next Friday at home versus the Warren. So. Can you believe the regular season's already concluding and playoffs start? Very exciting. So, very busy. And I'll look forward to when it's all done. Very good. Well, let me... Oh, oh boy. Oh, we better... We better... Uh, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch it, Noah. Don't touch it. Yep. Yep. Back up. All right. Well, I better clean up this mess. So you have a great rest of your oh. week, and we'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right. I'll see you later. Travis Grins joining me here. Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time, as always. Great stuff there. Lots to re- uh, talk about here from the Super Bowl and college basketball, NBA, everything here. Um, so, yeah. Uh, plenty of here. Noah just came in and did a number on... Uh, I don't know, this uh, nice Mario thing here. So, yeah, we got all of that going on here. This Sports Block podcast, as well as all of our podcasts, can be found on podcast.com, uh, as well as iTunes. Just search Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Travis Crins on Twitter at Travis Crins. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. And as my uh, voice is slowly but surely going away, wrapping up this week's edition of the Sports Block podcast, great NFL season. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, congratulations, Super Bowl champions, what a win, Patrick Mahomes solidifying himself uh, as a Hall of Famer, HOFer, two Super Bowl MVPs, two regular season MVPs, two Super Bowl uh, trophies now, uh, championships to his name. It's why he's my favorite player in the NFL and has been uh, since he got into the league. He is just so good. Um, And... I am unabashedly a a Patrick Mahomes fan, and yeah, primary reason why I'm also a Chiefs fan, well, my father-in-law is a Chiefs fan as well, so he's very happy today, all of Chiefs kingdom is happy, congratulations to the Chiefs for winning the Super Bowl, we are going to talk heavy college basketball here leading up to March Madness and of course with March Madness starting that's pretty much it, maybe recap the NBA All-Star game if if it's necessary probably won't be there's probably not going to be anything of note heavy college basketball we'll talk about some of these mlb rule changes and whatnot because they're ridiculous and there's a rule that was taken away that everyone was happy about and now that's back and it's like what is rob manfred and major league baseball doing because it doesn't make any sense so we'll talk about that next week we'll talk plenty of college basketball as we head as we creep closer and closer to march so for travis and I, i'm nathan thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of the sports block podcast we had cameo appearances by noah my son and by uh, travis's wife melissa hopefully they continue to join us in future episodes 
uh, of the Sports Block Podcast. So for Travis and myself, Nathan Stackton, uh, thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Find this podcast available on podcast.com. Also on iTunes, just search the Sports Block. Facebook, Nathan Stackton. Twitter, at Andy Stackton. Travis Krins on Twitter, at Travis Krins. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl 57 champions. Enjoy it. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back next week to talk about all the big headlines in the sports world and heavy college basketball. So, again, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. And hopefully, my voice will be fully back.